0: Hello and welcome back to the F2 show, the second tier of motorsport returned to Imola for the first time since 2006 this weekend, and it had it all. Wet running, dry running, crashes, spins, and a feature race that had us on the edge of our seats until the very end. I'm your host, Fraser Ford, and joining me to discuss the Imola weekend, we have Inside F2 editor, LA Wilshaw, and Inside F2 writer, Lawrence Griffin. Coming up on the show then... We reflect on an action-packed weekend of racing in Imola, a few controversial moments this weekend we discuss all, and who were the winners and losers in the championship battle. We take a look. Okay, where do we start after a weekend like that then it kind of happened everywhere, didn't it? Uh we spoke about obviously in the preview Lawrence Formula 2 returning to Imola uh for the first time in 16 years. Uh what did you make of uh, seeing the Formula 2 cars back on track there?
1: Yeah, it was it was brilliant to see to see Formula 2 returning to Imola and it was great to see some of the the moves the drivers were making. It was difficult to necessarily be overtaking all the time but there was some good good moves to pick out there and, and plenty of action for us to digest and get stuck into
0: yeah there certainly was and la the, the field spread across both races was really minimal wasn't it does that demonstrate the the standard of driving this year on the grid
2: um, i think it's a, a couple of different things yes um i feel you know there's a lot of rookies that are that have come up together from formula 3 so they all have very a very similar standard um and then you know you've obviously got the standard of the f2 um drivers that are in for repeated years and i do feel like it's a really almost evenly matched field this year um a lot more than perhaps previous seasons but i also feel that um it it's a it's, it's nature of the circuit as well because we we saw it in formula Formula One in their race, um, that they were so bunched up, you know, and and when they didn't have the RS, they couldn't get past each other at all. It was almost like watching Formula Two, you know, because they were just so evenly matched in the F1. So I kind of feel it was the nature of the circuit too. So yeah, mix mix of both.
0: Yeah, really good to see a competitive field nonetheless, isn't it? As you say, really, really high standard of driving this year. All right, let's take a look at the championship standings off the back of round three then. Taylor Pochere climbs to the top of the leaderboard after his feature race victory. He moves two points clear of Felipe Drugovich. A good weekend for Jehan Derubla means that he jumps to third in the standings ahead of Liam Lawson. Richard Vashore and Ralph Boschong round out the top six. And the team standings... It's all change at the top all the time, isn't it? MP Motorsport are now in the lead of the team standings, just two points ahead of ART. Tech dropped from top to third after a tough feature race for the British outfit. Carlin, Prima and Trident round out the top six. Okay, our new championship leader and feature race winner, Teo Porcher. I actually tweeted earlier. I mean, I can't believe that he leads the championship after you know finishing in the points only three races this season 50% of the races he's taken part in he's he's, he's you know uh, scored points in uh, but two of those are feature races and he finds himself on top of the standings Lawrence. It, exactly it was it was remarkable really wasn't it the way in which he emerged to
1: sort of steal the championship lead out of nowhere if you'd thought on friday evening after qualifying that he would be in the championship lead i think you'd, you'd definitely be in the minority You know, it wasn't a traditional lights-to-flag win for him today either. Of course, those rarely happen in Formula 2. But he was seventh in that late treacherous qualifying session, and he dropped from fourth to eighth on the opening lap of the sprint race and managed to get back to seventh and get a couple of points, which, as he said in the post-race press conference, could be uh, significant later on. But where it all counts is that feature race, and he navigated his way through that race really brilliantly. Nothing overly fancy. He was on the right strategy. He made overtakes when he needed to. And crucially, he made absolutely no mistakes whatsoever in that race. While Doohan and Hauger collided at the start, VIP spun off in front of him. Then Nassani also crashed right in front of him. He sort of was hanging back and seeing those incidents unfold rather than being involved in them himself. And the waves almost parted for him today. And I think to be fair, he probably would be right in feeling that he's due a bit of luck after the reliability issues that he's had with that terrible weekend in Jeddah. Um and if you look at the season so far now, he's won two out of the first three feature races and that is really where you have to make it count. If he continues that record, you know, he will start to build up that all-important consistency that we so frequently mention on the podcast. And if he keeps that up, he will win the championship so he'll be absolutely delighted with the way the weekend's gone and he'll hope for plenty more of that to follow
0: yeah really strong um yeah feature race as you say and consistency is the key and it just seems to me at the moment that all of the championship contenders there's been mistakes or there's been reliability issues Lawrence it's almost like none of them want to win it uh, but if Theo porsche if he can really use this as a platform to to push on from here then he would you know is he the favorite I,
1: I would say at the moment he, he has to be the favourite. Um, sometimes you get a sense in 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 the start of seasons who might be able to make it to the front of the championship and you look at um, Yuri Vips today with that error and of course an error yesterday in the sprint race it's just not quite going his way at the moment and Teo Porcher is emerging from that that group looking looking the strongest so who knows how it will play out in the rest of the season but he certainly has what it takes to win this year.
0: Yeah, I think any of the top eight to win, it still be looking at the uh, championship thinking, yeah, I've got a chance this season. So let's wait and see. Uh, Enzo Fittipaldi, LA, grabs a podium out of nowhere almost. I mean, 15th to, to second. Uh, yeah, uh, obviously passing. The ever impressive Ralph, Ralph Boshong and the closing laps. It was, yeah, pretty unbelievable drive, wasn't it, LA?
2: Yeah, completely. I mean, you know, how do you get around Boschung anyway? You know what an incredible driver he is. But I'm so happy for Enzo. I really am. Um, I think sometimes because of the character that he is and the person that he comes across as, people really underestimate this this young man. And you should not be underestimating him whatsoever. You know, I've I've um yeah you know, I've come across him and um. You see his, you see him thinking and it takes him maybe a little bit longer to think things through but don't you know don't don't underestimate him he's thinking all the workings up here, he knows exactly how to race that car. I think one of the things that he he can do is is over-race and over-push. And team-wise, you know, they they can be going a bit crazy about the tyres and he has lost a couple of places because his tyres have dropped off at the end, you know, and he's admitted that. Um, But the way he drives, from a fan point of view, I don't want to see drivers drive uh, racing based on tyre strategy, and it's all we get when we sit at home watching these races. It's all about tyre management and not driving as quickly. As a fan, I want these guys to go flat out and race as fast as they can, and Enzo, to me, is a legitimate racing driver, so if his tyres wear off towards the end, all right, what a shame, but today in that race he raced the socks off that car and it paid off didn't it you know for him him to come all the way from the back he had that early pit stop so strategy did come into it you know we had a couple he had a few lucky breaks the safety car came into play as well but safety car comes into play almost every formula 2 race anyway so it benefits some people and and doesn't benefit others but um he was incredibly strong had a really good pace All them overtakes, then the Novelak and the Boschung overtake. And and he earned that place, didn't he?
0: Yeah, really impressive from him and and a really nice story that both him and Tayo Porsche on the podium together after that incident in Jeddah last year which obviously meant that Enzo wasn't part of uh yeah at the Abu Dhabi the final round of the season last season. So yeah, really really happy for for both of them. Uh, and you did mention Ralph Boshong there. Um he he came across, you know, Quite happy on the radio at the end, which I was a little bit surprised about because bearing in mind the position he was in when obviously Roy Nisani, uh crashed, he, he was almost in the prime position to, to, to win the race there at maybe the halfway point. Were you a little bit surprised LA that he was, um, you know, as happy as he was on the radio?
2: Um, I, I don't know. I don't know really. He, he's he's a genuinely just nice guy, and and if he lost his mind over the radio, I'd probably be more surprised about that because he's just a lovely person. And I think he probably, you know, realised it was a little bit of miscommunication when when Fittipaldi was coming past him. Um, you know, he he didn't understand that he he hadn't pitted, so he thought, well, all right, you know, I let him go because I'll, I'll I'll get him back when he pits or whatever it was that went on in Ralph's head. Um for, for him to sort of let him go a bit easy, easier but at, you know at the end of the day he finished on the podium he finished p3 that's exactly what wins these championships you know not not every uh, we, we know from other seasons not, that not every championship winner wins every single race every time we know that it's just about podiums and it's about gaining those points every single race and every single week that's what's going to win you a championship so Ralph to me was was lovely today and took the points uh, you know and and had a nice little cheeky on the radio afterwards
0: yeah. He's uh, the highest average uh, qualifier, which is this season, which is uh, yeah, brilliant for him, isn't it? All right, and there was also uh, late drama in the in the feature race with Liam Lawson uh, hitting the wall in the closing laps. Uh, not the best weekend for Liam Lawson, uh, but that obviously meant the the virtual safety car came out, and then it was changed to a full safety car. Uh, Just as Felipe Drogovic and Marino Sato, they've just gone past the pit entry, hadn't they? Uh, Which was uh, a real shame for them. Uh, He wasn't overly happy about the situation. Lawrence, do you understand that, his frustration?
1: Oh, absolutely. And and you you honestly can't blame him for that frustration after after the race. Um, He tweeted that he thought that it wasn't particularly um, fair the way that it happened. And you can certainly understand where that's coming from. Um, it was just a, a really unfortunate series of events that was of course set off um, by that by that incident bringing out the the virtual safety car and obviously there's a there's a call to be made there was clearly debris well there was Liam Lawson's car that needed to be cleared in that area of the track um, and the race direction has to make the decision about whether there's a virtual safety car or a full safety car and I would certainly like to think that where the drivers are on the track, has no part to play in that in that decision. Safety is absolutely paramount in in decisions like these. Um, so it's just really, really unfortunate timing for, for Drogovic there. I think ultimately when he reflects on the race, I think you'll have to say that he was on the wrong strategy today. Um, it was a bit of a gamble, the strategy, strategy that he took. And he was in that situation where he desperately needed that safety car to to help him get that free pit stop and then be competitive um and it, it just didn't pay off he was a championship leader before the weekend and perhaps that frustration comes a little bit from the pressure of being the the championship leader you know he could feel the opportunity that he had today to to get good points and perhaps just a bit a bit frustrated that he wasn't able to capitalize on that um so i think he he will he will be frustrated and he's quite right to be um but i think he'll he'll realize that it just wasn't meant to be for him today and he'll also look at the the result of tiego pochet today and realize that later on in the season he'll be able to to come back and he might just as quickly jump back into the into the championship lead so i think he'll he'll be much uh, happier with with everything when he reflects
0: on this later yeah, fourteen rounds this season. It's a very long season, isn't it? As you say, the the alternative strategy didn't really work for for, for you know a gaggle of drivers today. Really, Jehan Daruvala, one of those on the alternative strategy that you know. I, I, I suppose as well, it's it's unlucky that when the safety cars came out when they did. La, um, but overall, when he when he you know you know he's on the flight on the way back tonight. Will he reflect on a really strong weekend? You know, he's catapulted himself up to to p. P three in the standings
2: yeah he has yeah you know he's on 36 points so it's still not that far behind uh teo who's on 52 as you've said um it's a gamble isn't it when when you use the words alternative strategy (laughs) because it's obviously going against the flow um it was lap 27 when he pitted very late on you know in the race so it is taking a gamble and it is taking you know you have to you have to take that on the chin if you're going to gamble that late in a race um and you know obviously the last minute safety car um i think he came out he lost the lead, came out in P fourteen maybe, and then jumped up to P nine. So he still finished in the points. It was still points for him today, um despite it not being a race win, sadly. Um I think these guys take every race individually. So yesterday, he had an amazing day in the sprint race, you know, and he finished second, although he wanted the wins, couldn't couldn't get past, you know, that uh, Marcus yesterday, no matter how hard he tried, he couldn't get past him. Um, But he still came away with a, a really great and deserved P2. And then today it went wrong for him. And I think, you know, these guys take it, take it not personally, but, you know, it, it's a loss. He'll say that as a loss today. You know he wants to be the championship winner, and one minute you're at the front and you you you're thinking, well, this can happen, and then the next minute you've only got a couple of points from today, so it will be a loss to him. But he's a he's a big boy, you know. He'll 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 get over it and move on to the next race, and like they all do, you know. That's what you have to do. They have to pick themselves up. I mean. This is training for Formula One at the end of the day. And look what happens, you know, every race weekends in Formula One. But even in Formula One, they still have to be able to take these kind of things on the chin. So, yeah, sadly for Jay Han, you know, and, and he's a lovely guy. um, But, yeah, bad bad day today.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's still two points, though. Two points could be valuable at the end of the championship, at the end of the year, couldn't they? It could be two points that, that win him the title, for example. So, um, yeah, fingers crossed uh, for him for the rest of the season. He can really push on from, you know, a brilliant day uh, in the, uh, on, the sat- on Saturday in the sprint race. And... Yeah, I suppose someone that he was uh, kind of up against in the sprint race was the eventual winner, uh, Marcus Armstrong. Um, a slow stop cost him what would have been probably one point uh, eventually uh, in, the, in the in the feature race. But his sprint race victory was absolutely brilliant, wasn't it? It took the lead from the start, Lawrence. And uh, the fact that he had no radio throughout uh, and he was watching it himself on the big screen and watching uh, the gap to the car behind, uh, yeah, highlights how how impressive that was, right?
1: Oh absolutely it was a, it was a brilliant race wonderfully executed especially without that communication with the team you know they play such a big part in helping the driver along uh, the, your race engineer can be your mental coach as well as giving you all the key information to not have that information to not know what's going on behind you to think what if an incident happens how will, how will I know what to do how will I know what's going on and what, having to watch the screen to watch, the, watch what was unfolding just behind him is just extraordinary. Thank goodness that didn't happen in the feature race because they wouldn't have known when to, to call him into, into the pits. Um, it was a really brilliant sprint race, and I think that just displays some of the quality that we were talking about on the, on the preview earlier this week, that nobody gets into the Ferrari Driver Academy without being a, a properly good driver. And it was nice that he was able to, to showcase that um, in the sprint race. And yeah, the feature race just didn't, didn't go his way today. He drops from P13 to P16 after he got a five-second pen- penalty. After the feature race, um, he just dropped the clutch during the pits and spun up the wheels before the car was actually dropped um, and caused an injury to the mechanic, um, which he's, he's already apologized for. Just a just a small error there, and and we've seen how easy it is to make pit stop errors in this sport already this season. Um, so that will that will be slightly a, a dampener on on the mood for him this this week, and of course with his teammates' difficult result as well. It's a, it's not an easy one for the for the team to take, but I think he has to take the positives out of this weekend and and realize how good that that performance was, and realize also. Between both him and his teammate, there is the pace in that high tech car, and it's a long season to go, and anything can still happen.
2: I didn't yeah, um, just, inter- just to just um, to oh, sorry, <laughs> I'm talking over you there, Fraser. But I just wanted to add a bit to that, if it was okay, sorry, um, you know, about the, the the radio and the fact that he couldn't hear the team, and you know, he wasn't sure if they could hear him. But it was you no know, that safety car restart that was. Um, quite essential that he would get a, a communication from his engineer you know when when though well with the virtual safety car actually was ending obviously you can tell when a real safety car is ending because of the lights but the virtual safety car you know you you, you rely on your engineer and he didn't have that information Um, And he said in the press conference that he was very fortunate to just be passing. You know, we talked about him watching this on the TV, that he was passing a TV monitor and our screen and was able to just see that VSC light go out. Um, Otherwise, he could have lost that race very easily. So anyway, sorry, I just like to pop that in.
0: No, absolutely. It's a really good point. Uh, Obviously, we we wish our our best to the the high-tech mechanic. Hope that he uh, recovers quickly. Um, Lawrence, I want to touch on a point you just said about high-tech and how quick they look this season. From the three rounds we've had so far, would you you say that they're probably the quickest team? I mean, both drivers have been competing for wins in uh, all three rounds so far this season. Would you say that out of all of the teams, they might be the quickest?
1: I'd I'd say so overall with, and that's mainly because of the pace of, of both of their drivers. Um, several teams, the likes of ART Prima, have looked quick at points, but only with one with one driver, High Tech. Both drivers this se- this year. Sorry, this both drivers this weekend showed how uh, how quick they, they can be in that High Tech. Um, so I think they they definitely have a, a winning formula on their hands there. Um, and they'll they'll just hope for a bit better luck to be able to capitalise on that because these teams will be constantly working on on getting the setup just right and there's no saying that uh, uh, the likes of a Prima or an ART will will start to make improvements and and have slightly quicker cars in the coming races.
0: Yeah, they just need to put a, a weekend together, don't they? Because they've been so, so, so unlucky um, at points. So, yeah, fingers crossed they can do that. Yuri Vips, obviously pole position, um, but, but, you know, um, numerous incidents in, in both races uh, means that he loses ground in the championship, Lawrence.
1: Yeah, it wasn't an ideal weekend for him at all. I think it'll be one he'll be he'll be looking to forget. Of course, in the sprint race, he ran wide out of the Tamburello chicane, ran onto the grass, lost all of his momentum and fell all the way down the order. Um, but that would have been of relatively little consequence for him. He would still be starting the feature race on pole after a brilliant performance in qualifying. And as Porcher proved today that feature race is where it all matters. So all wasn't lost at that point, really. And if he'd won the feature race, we wouldn't even been men- be mentioning that um, that sprint race error. Um, but yeah, that crash in the feature race has to just go down as, a, as an unforced error. He ran slightly wide on the exit of the Villeneuve chicane and kept his foot on it. And had it not been for that escape road that would just inter- intersected the grass there, he probably would have been able to drive straight back onto the circuit and would have retained his position and, and maybe gone on to, uh, to win the race later on with, with so many incidents happening. Um, but as it happened, he just bounced over that escape road and, and slid into the barrier. And you could see after after his car came to a halt, he was absolutely furious with himself, and, and understandably so. Um, he'll know he had an opportunity to win that race, and he, he should have won that race, and he should be the, the championship leader right now. Um, but instead, he's he's fallen slightly down the order. Um, but as LA mentioned um, before, these drivers know how to take it on the chin. And that's exactly what he'll do. He'll know the pace that he has in that high-tech car. And he'll just come back even more determined in the next round. And if he continues that pace, it will pay off eventually. And he will get his just rewards.
0: Yeah, twenty two points separating both high tech drivers from uh Terry Porsche at the top of the championship. And we know that in Formula Two, twenty two points is not very much at all. And we know how things how quickly things can change. So uh let's wait and see uh how that unfolds. Uh LA uh, Roy Nassani, another one who ah, oh, he, he just you know, he was looking so good, was not he? Uh made a little mistake and that's it. That's how quickly things can can change, isn't it? He was he was in prime position, wasn't he?
2: Oh, absolutely. And I'm absolutely gutted for him, to be honest. I mean, you know, you've just spoke about high tech being possibly the fastest team on on the track at the minute, but you have to look at the dams team as well. You have to look at how fast Roy and Iwasa have been in the last few races, not just today, but this weekend. Um and, and I will I'll talk about Roy, but we have to look at Charuz as well, because how fast was Enzo as well. And his teammate finished in the points that was taking over just for this weekend. So back to Roy though, yeah. Oh, got hit. I mean, and and I'm sure he's feeling a lot worse than anybody else on this planet. Um he had such an amazing start yesterday. In the sprint race you know and finished fourth and even towards the end of that race he was actually catching p3 you know and and it's almost like he defended that whole race he kept everybody behind him that whole race he'd done so well and then towards the end he almost you know he was catching up but today you know he found himself leading that race um well and then obviously we had the safety car and, and everything shuffled around but by the time everybody was going to have come in and then come back out um he would that was his potential possible first win of the season um you know this this team this dams team had a plan for this year you know because they've been taken over you know by by the new management and the plan really was to sort of start fighting for podiums and the championship next season but they've got something they've found something this season already very quickly because it is working for them and and I feel they're a little bit similar to, to Prima at the minute that all the ingredients are there they're right there they're just not quite coming together and for Prima they're they're getting it together that's all forming nicely for their two drivers and Dams is just just this close you know for it all coming together the whole package just gelling nicely for them um and i think if anything you know roy can take out of of today specifically but even yesterday you know look how how look how he can start a race p5 to p1 by turn two sorry p6 to p1 by turn two and he, and he had a great start yesterday so if you can do that then and and then sail away the way you did you know then anything can happen um for the team and and i wish them the best you know wasn't it glorious to see them win win that championship and it'd be really great to see them winning it again definitely and to definitely see roy win some races get on that podium a few times and and show us exactly the incredible driver that he is.
0: Yeah, you're right. His start was electric uh, and uh, dams running one and three at, at one point at the at the start of the feature race was, uh, yeah, you're right. It does demonstrate their pace, doesn't it? Doesn't it? So, uh, yeah, just a shame for Roy Nassani. But as you say, he will bounce back. Uh, let's talk about um, another incident at the start. Uh, Jack Dewin, Dennis Hauger coming together, both going for the same bit of track, really, weren't they? They uh, yeah, were both going for the gap through the middle. Yeah. Um, yeah real bit of confusion do you think that was Lawrence
1: yeah I think it's it's just uh, in in that in that moment you're you're driving purely on instinct and you spot a gap and you go for it you both go at the same time like two drivers that are on the inside and outside lanes of the motorway that both go for the middle at the same time it's nobody's it's nobody's fault there they're both seen the gap and and gone for it but it's you know it's it it's not worked out for for either of them and, and that is how cruel motor racing can can be um because both doing and Hauger were looking like they were setting themselves for for up for their their biggest result of the of the season for either of them if they could have had a good finish in this feature race um both of them have struggled to capitalize on 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 their pace at times and neither of them have had results which is a Fair reflection of the the talent we know they possess. Um, so yeah, a, a very very difficult incident for for both drivers, and they have to wait now to the next championship before next our championship round before they get the chance to to show their quality again.
0: I tell you what, Lawrence, if you're uh, seeing a gap on the motorway and sending it, then remind me not to get in a car with you because. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, LA, uh, Jack Dewan. Um, uh, again, another one. It's just frustrating, isn't it? He's had so much pace at points this season, a pole position already. Uh, but he's 17th in the stand in six points. That's really not an accurate representation of his pace this season, is it?
2: no no not at all you know and and already we've seen what a f- fantastic driver he is there's absolutely no doubt and no question of his talent and and of his skills and even the way he translates you know all the communications from the team um you know and, and the car and the F2 car and the F2 environment um there's there's no questioning this this young man um but there is still something there and and we don't know what that is um that's causing these incidents um sometimes you know when when we've seen dan tictum throughout the years seem to magnetize incidents and accidents and why always me is this Dan the second you know is this going to be happening to 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 Jack um I don't know I hope not <laughs> but but there are certain racing drivers that do tend to attract incidents and accidents so and and I have no idea why and what that is it just is (laughs) i'm clumsy myself why do i walk into my door you know why does the little you know hook for my my belt get caught in a door handle when you know and, and smack my face in the door when everybody else can just walk through a door i don't know people like this on the planet sorry jack but um let's hope that you stay out of trouble for the rest of the season
0: Hey, listen, if he's Dan Tickton the second in terms of pace, he will not have any worries this season, I can tell you that. But that's all we have time for today. My thanks to Lawrence and to LA for joining me on today's show. And thank you to you guys at home for watching and for listening as well. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you give it a like, subscribe for more Formula 2 content, hashtag the F2 show to get involved in the conversation. But from me, Fraser Ford, and all of us here at Inside F2, we'll see you next time.